you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Zeus and Mr. Fancy Pants. The Flames need NFL news, and here's their chance. It's ATL around the league. Light a flame, boys. Pick skins hot tonight. Burn, baby, burn. And good afternoon, everybody. How are you today? Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. ATL Debate Club Takeover. Dan Hans is here, along with longtime partner, podcast partner, Mark Sessler. What's up, Mark? How are you? I mean, listen, this is the only way to handle this show. You think, oh, oh, Greg and Wes are on their little vacation to the Carolinas and Georgia. Have a nice time with yourselves. Tybee that, Island to be Tybee simple. Island. That we, would, that we would probably, out of fear in terms of running the whole show, have to stack the room with other guests, you know, people down from the new... No, no, no. It is the two of us. It is the two of us and nobody else. <laughs> fearless, fearless. And uh, yeah, you heard that at the the very top, a little nod there to Mike and the Mad Dog of WFAN fame. Uh, I grew up in New York. Mark, you uh, spent many years in Connecticut. And uh, I, for one, and I think you agree, Mark, would not be sitting here now doing this if it weren't for the uh, fan, which is New York's uh, sports talk radio station. Uh, so maybe in honor of it just being the two of us, a little Mike and the Mad Dog type show on this beautiful Friday in uh, Southern California. Only way to do it. I mean, yeah, I I think that there were flocks of young men uh, back in the day, all my friends. I would s- literally listen to Mike and the Mad Dog the entire show every day and then just keep FAN, FAN on in my room 
all night long, waking up at like three in the morning to bizarre uh, New Jersey Devils updates, <laughs> Islanders, Rangers. I mean, there's there's no reason we would be here without them. I hope that uh, WFAN, please don't come at us for the musical rights there. Yeah. We're just doing you a solid. Yeah, well, we'll see how that plays out. And uh, yeah, Mike and the Mad Dog, 1 to 6.30, and then uh, during drive time. And then as a Jet fan, and it was especially cathartic, and... Um, uh, after Sunday nights, Joe Beningo, who is a diehard uh, Jets fan, would do the overnight shifts. And if you were a Jet fan, that was the place for catharsis because you would <laughs> lay in bed at night and I would have school the next morning, but I would wait for him to come on at one uh, and then listen to him bemoan whatever failure uh, gangrene had gone through uh, hours earlier. And it became that kind of made Beningo's career. Now he's working day shifts for a fan. But uh, for me, that's a major part from an NFL perspective of the fan is Joe Beningo overnight. He won that job <clears throat> off a contest, correct? Right. And I mean, the one thing about, did you ever call in to Mike and the Mad Dog or any of these guys? Uh, I did a couple overnight calls, but never, uh, never called the big show. I often, because you could, it's I think I got into Mike and the Mad Dog once, um, and it was to ask a rumor. I had a friend at the time named John Powers, and I, and I, I we were in his basement. I said, let me get on Mike and the Mad Dog here. And I said, guys, I'm here. <laughs> I hearing, imagine it wasn't easy to get through. Oh, no, you're, wait, you're online for like an hour and 45 minutes, um, and it's long distance calls back then. And I, I basically asked <laughs> Mad Dog, you know, I, I'm hearing hot rumors out of Cleveland that this guy John Powers has taken over as offensive coordinator of the Browns. I'm going to hang up and listen to your thoughts on this. <laughs> and they were totally baffled and had no idea where to go with it because they were NFL guys, but they weren't like it. The scenery was different back then. Right. You didn't have anything to log on to and find out who this guy was. Like, I got nothing on this John Powers character. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you didn't get told off. You know, Francis said, you're lost. And you didn't get a hang up. But I guess you got off before it could get ugly. Yeah, I mean, they dispatched of the. They quickly went to the next caller. You know, right. there was they had no content to offer. So, right, so you disrespected the show that we're speaking so highly of, basically. Yeah, now that I think about it, uh, yeah, it's that probably that probably is true. <laughs> um, all right, so with that out of the way, Mark is going on vacation beginning. Uh, at the end of this podcast, I believe. He might already be there uh, emotionally. Uh, Mark, and you, are you doing anything uh, during your time? I know that the, the myth building of the last couple weeks and months is that I'm, uh, you know, right on a plane heading somewhere, uh, you know, nice. And I'm Acapulco, doing literally perhaps. nothing. Literally, it is, it is not only a staycation, it's one where, you know, I, like as, as a dad, I have my own little personal bank account that is, and, I, and little is the operative word, right. where I can go do things. Like even that is so far down in the dredges that it's like, I'm not even sure what, where I'll be going. I'll be going to like grocery stores and buying like a 99 cent like f- loaf of French bread to eat all day. So a staycation or are you, because sometimes you do th- weird things and I'm going to call them weird because I don't know anyone who's ever done that. Things like staying at a hotel within the town where weird. you live, things of that, anything like that cooking just to get away. I'm looking into, I'm looking into that. There, now that comes with a various... One of my favorite Mark things ever. It is, comes with a little bit of, of, of uh, negotiation. But yeah. when you live in Los Angeles and you yeah. don't essentially do anything in Los Angeles right. because we, we really don't, like you kind of could go 12 miles from here into Hollywood and feel like you're in a different That's one way city. to do it. Um, but if you ever want to do like a um, ATN podcast history tour through Culver City, uh, the Travel Lodge across the street from the uh, our famous watering hole, uh, the Cozy Inn. Mark Sessler stayed at that travel. I, I have, I have, uh, you know, which is one of my favorite things. I have ever. done that, and. <laughs> 
there are reasons there. Yes, yeah, so we don't need to dig into that, but it, it was a very nice place to stay. You're a fascinating man, Mark. On today's <laughs> edition, <laughs> thank you, Ben. On today's edition of the Around the NFL podcast, uh, yes, it's just Mark and I, Greg, Wes, uh, the Paramore, the Big Fish, Evan Silva, all. Tybee Island off the coast of Georgia. So we'll try to track them down uh, and see if they're doing okay. And if Wes is fulfilling his promise he made to me, I don't know if he ever made a promise, but I'm going to ride with it that way that he will get Greg into some trouble. I mean, we've seen some photographic evidence out there that Greg at least um, enjoyed one small glass of red wine. That's the evidence that we have at this point. Maybe much more has happened. Right. And in honor of uh, our Mike and the Mad Dog theme Friday show, uh, we'll be taking callers from you, uh, the listeners of our fine show here. Uh, so we'll take callers later on. But before we get to that, a uh, little light on the news, but there was one big announcement. Uh, Oh, yeah. And you know what that is. Listen to that. It's so big. I love that. It's orchestral. It's, it gets a point that gets the point across that football is a man's sport. <laughs> but you know what? And Lindsay, you'll agree. It can be enjoyed by everyone, including women. Had to that's, take myself out there. That's very did. true. <laughs> I did. That's true. And ladies can play, too. If you give them a chance. I put a lady at fullback. Give me, give me I, a chance, I, I've okay. met I've met some some women who would make for great fullbacks in other positions of skill as well. Uh, all right, I, I dug out it. Let me hear that song again, though. <laughs> all right, so the Cleveland Browns, after really what felt like years of rumors or I'm going to call it wish casting, wish casting because it's not like everybody wants to see the Browns uh, in a five part miniseries, but it always made sense that the Browns would be a good narrative arc to follow for the storytellers of um, NFL films and HBO because of the Greek tragedy aspect of the organization post uh, post their relaunch. And also there's always a fresh start with the Browns every couple of years. And obviously we're in the middle of one right now, but this year, especially Mark and you as the resident Browns fan, um, I know that this probably feels like, of all the years, and maybe the Johnny Manziel summer would have been fun too uh, because of, there's so much excitement around Johnny football, even though it turned out horribly. But this feels like a good year for the cameras to be coming to the uh, Berea complex. Yeah, the timing is right. And I, I feel like there are people inside the Browns building that wanted to do this in other years. And it would have been like, oh, you're coming off like a 5-11 and 11 season. We get it. You're not a successful franchise. But somehow the timing and HBO's patience and the whole combination of it brought us the peak year to come off of. I mean, the chance that you get to chronicle a team that won zero games last season and right. won one the year before, it's never going to get this bad ever again. So you, I think the timing is fascinating also because of what's happened during this offseason. There's a lot of new faces. A guy like John Dorsey in the general manager spot did not want to do this at all. I think Hugh Jackson probably does because we saw he was pretty good with the Bengals. And for him, I mean, his reputation is somewhat in tatters at this point. If he can pull off 
a bit of a, a, a POV shift where you can say, I'm not the guy you think I am right. over the course of five weeks. That is a huge win for him. The risk is there too, though, for this team. Well, Hugh is very interesting because when he was the OC in Cincinnati back in 2013, when they had a hard knock season, uh, he came off so well. And I, and I know we talked about it on this podcast, um, I'm sure, uh, looked at Hugh as a guy that was a fast riser in the industry and maybe a future head coach. And sure enough, he became one. Now, one in 31 in two years. And I think it's somewhat of a uh, surprise to me still that Hugh survived 0-16. So now he gets the opportunity and we get to see on the ground floor how he kind of approaches what really is his last rodeo. I mean, because he's not going to get another head coaching job if it doesn't work out. Very hard to get hired three times. He already got fired in Oakland. If he gets fired by Cleveland, it's probably back to a staff position as an OC. And I think that's going to be fascinating to watch Hugh with all that pressure because two years ago on this very show, Hard Knocks, we saw another coaching career end. It was Jeff Fisher's. Uh, He'll never be a head coach again. And you saw how things could go poorly. Uh, But now Hugh does get a chance and we get a front row seat. Yeah, an improbable one. And you want to find out because these NFL players, I don't think that it's easy to assume that Hugh Jackson has the room at this point. Now, they're so young that some of them are new to Hugh Jackson, but if you're two years into this, like he's got to somehow win this team over again. And yet, I don't even know if he's the A storyline in this because when you have not only Tyrod Taylor, but also, of course, Baker Mayfield, you don't have just one quarterback to center this show on. You have both. And with Mayfield, and I think that you know you wrote about this yesterday and you, and you put it well, that in the in New York, the Jets just took Sam Darnold, who looks like it, you went into a lab and created the perfect looking first overall pick in Sam Darnold, young instead. franchise quarterback, right? With, Central casting, with uh, you know, and yeah. you and you know how to scout this. He has ideal hair. He has insanely <laughs> ideal hair for a quarterback, and it's exactly the guy you would think. Except they go with Baker Mayfield, and right away Cleveland took, I thought, a perception hit from a lot of people. A lot of people that don't even watch college football that just say, "Why did you go Baker Mayfield over Darnold?" Well, it's a opportunity for Baker Mayfield, who I don't think will shy away from this. He's at his own reality series already to show why. So yes. I don't like that. I don't like that. I mean, it was what it, is he doing? Uh, you did not. You really never saw this. He has a reality show. Baker. I Mayfield? mean, it's not going on now, I think, but it's it was it was a lead yeah. up to the draft. I'm just I'm just going to put up a red flag. There. But that's exactly the thing. It's, there's all these things about Baker Mayfield that people say, oh, I don't like this right. or that or that story or that anecdote. He, he's another person with an opportunity to say, here's why they took me number one. Forget the guy with the good hair. Yeah, I think he's going to, well, calm down with that. But I think, I think uh, I'm dead on point with that. <laughs> I think that Mayfield will be something that's exciting to watch just because, or fun to watch, exciting feels strong, uh, because he is a charismatic guy. He seems to have a sense of humor. Obviously, um, is a very confident individual. So he would be a guy I think would be fun to track uh, through the four or five weeks of the training camp. Um, and one person that's back too that uh, I'm excited about is uh, everybody's favorite mean uncle, Greg Williams, back. Like a, uh, you know, like a, a villain in a horror movie just when you think he's dead, he's back. He was on the Rams two years ago as the D.C., just bummed everybody out, just screaming at everyone all the time, just basically exactly what you thought Greg Williams might be like in real life is exactly what Greg was. And uh, and he gets fired by the Rams after a miserable uh, uh, tenure there. Lands with the Browns. This is his second year in Cleveland now. So we get more of America's mean uncle, and I'm looking forward to seeing him scream at 21-year-olds. Yeah, I think he's not changed... <laughs> 
at all, so you're going to get that. And then, and then on the flip side, you have Todd Haley, who right. is not known to be, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, not the most pleasant this of coordinators. This is not the most cuddly coaching staff. No, it isn't. And it's like, it's kind of everywhere you look. On top of it, you have the owner and Jimmy Haslam and Dee Haslam, his wife, that they've taken nonstop political and, you know, public hits for all the stuff that's gone on with the team. Everywhere you look, someone... so. This has been a terrible team for their entire tenure. Deservedly. It, yeah. Deservedly so. So it's like, I, I think either, like, it's going to be kind of, fa- I think we're going to know within two weeks, either this is going very well for the Browns and there's a lot at stake here, or it's not. And, and you meant, I asked you before, like before the show if you thought it was important that they come out looking good. And you had an interesting answer, which you can get to. But yeah. I just think it's a little bit of a different pressure on a team like Cleveland than when you dip in on the Arizona Cardinals or the New Orleans Saints or the Cowboys for the 18th time on right. Hard Knocks? Um, I think that Hard Knocks is a show that all football fans should watch, but not all football fans watch. So there will be a segment of football fans that will remember everything that happens in, in these shows and carry it with them as a fan experience and it forms opinions. But I think for most people, it's all kind of forgotten. Like I really enjoyed the Bucks season last year and I thought they were really likable and fun and looked like a team that was going the right direction. And then they laid a huge egg and you almost felt a little bit annoyed by them, but most people don't even remember that the Bucks were the hard knocks team. I think the Browns, uh, you know, We'll see. It could could they end up looking really bad if uh, if things probably, but maybe not. This is an NFL Films production. I think fans like you, Mark, especially you, you're kind of a unique fan from my experience uh, around sports. Damaged. You are well. <laughs> damage is one word, but you're you're sensitive to the criticism the Browns get, and you see this as a potential target situation. It's kind of as a fan, a type of fan you are. I feel like it's a high risk, high reward type star turn for them. Um, but I, my, my advice to you is like, don't get too caught up in that because people will forget once the season. Honestly, part of me because the one thing that's embarrassing about um, rooting, as you know, for a bad team, but even one in New York is different than Cleveland because the league last year had, and rightly so, had no issue just burying them at 1 p.m. Eastern from week one through week 17 with no interruption. Right. They're not on prime time. They're a team that people, when they think about it, it's one of the most embarrassing runs in professional sports history, what they've gone through. And I think by the nature of working in sports, especially working just here where it's all football, right. I am way more sensitive to it because even in May, like I'm on a chat room all day long with coworkers where every time the Browns comes up, it's like everyone's just taking shots nonstop. And it's kind of <laughs> like, I can take shots at them. I can be angry at them. Yes. But enough with everyone else doing it all the time. I'm the same way with like, uh, and I just went to, because I'm an insane person, my 17th U2 concert. U2 is a tremendous Last night? Uh, two nights ago. Oh, wow. Tremendously famous, popular band, but they also have a incredibly high number of detractors that hate Bono or just sick of U2 after all these years. Like, And when I'm talking to a U2 fan, we could say like, oh, we hate that Bono did this or I hate this album or they don't make, they're old now, they can't make good music. But it's when some bozo that <laughs> just hates U2 because they think Bono talks too much or something is just throwing shade at U2. Then I'm like, back off, back off. You're not allowed. Absolutely. Although you are allowed, but it just annoys me a little bit more. I like to talk with people that are like-minded. I don't like. I like to be closed off from society. Only people that are like me, Mark. Yes, that's. Uh, yeah, that 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 says a lot about your exploratory nature and relationships. So <laughs> good for you. Um, so there you go. Hard knocks. It starts on August seventh. Uh, five episodes. It should be good. And one other thought I had. I just thought of this, and I think it's a great idea. And I do have a good relationship with the Hard Knocks people because I've been writing the episode recaps for years on this website now. 
is, as we all know, the Browns training complex is built on an ancient Indian burial ground. This is not confirmed, but just a you, theory. Not triple sourced. That nobody, case. not triple sourced, but no one has ever come out and said, no, that's actually not true. Okay. Uh, whether it be the Browns or the league or even you, let's be fair. No, uh, I'm from Berea. Like okay. that's where I grew up. It's not an okay, Indian so, burial ground. Well, guess what? She not, has to triple source that too. I though. can confirm it's not. I know all about the history. My grandparents. We lived operate there their on whole a triple lives. source. You know, I'll give you so. those sources after the okay. pod. Okay. Okay. And that's exactly what someone from Berea would say. Think about that. Oh, of course. Of like, course. oh, no, no, no. Come why would you? Berea. Why would you want that out there? Come to our tours. You know, see our different sites. We're not haunted. But what I'm saying is, in the, in the event that you're wrong, Lindsay, or you're covering for your town, uh, send like, do they still do that show, Ghost Hunters? Send I mean, if they don't do that show, they do yeah. another 12 versions of that yeah. show across cable. Two in the morning. Just go in there, get out your little uh, Ghostbusters, uh, uh, Phantom Meters, and you know, dig around, and then put it, make it the season finale. I like it a lot. No, the knocks. entire final show would just be that of Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Hard Knocks coming up in August. Looking forward to that. Uh, all right, before we get to the callers, uh, let it, let's let's make a phone call and try to track down uh, Greg Rosenthal, Chris Wessling, the Big Fish, Evan Silva, the Paramore, uh, perhaps Tiffany Blackman. There have been rumors that uh, Blackman's involved with all this. Uh, let's start, though, Lindsay, if you could help us out with the phones. A lot of phone work. Lindsay, who used to... Uh, Work for a radio station, so this is good rips. Let's call Huckapoo's and see if they're there. I like that. Huckapoo's, the famous bar that Wes got drunk at millions of times. What happened there? That's one way to, to answer the phone at a bar. Was that a pickup and hang up? That was a tad rude. That I mean, uh, their website says call for delivery and the number that we just called. I think that you are you shunning business away. Interesting. All right, let's let's try plan B. Let's give Greg a call. I feel like he's probably the most he, most likely to have his wits about him right now. Yeah, I think so. All right, let's get Greg on the phone uh, somewhere, hopefully in Tybee, unless that's a sign that something terrible is happening in Tybee. Oh, hopefully not. Like we can ask Greg that. Die hard on a uh, island paradise. They haven't done that yet. It's a good setup. I don't know if I'd have Greg as the main star of that, but. You win it. Bruce Willis, Greg Rosenthal. Hello? Greg Rosenthal? Yo. Yo. Hey, you sound quite different, Greg. Your yeah. voice sounds different. No, I'm just trying to not be rude. We're, in, we're, at, we're at lunch. I'm stepping outside right now. Oh, nice. All right, Greg, what's going on on Tybee Island right now? Take us behind the scenes. You're here on the Around the NFL podcast, of course. Oh, we're live, we're live and just rolling right now. We're rolling, yep. baby. That's how we do it. I got Chris Wesley right next to me. All right, good. I mean, Tybee Island's a magical place. That's all I can say to describe it. Within, within minutes of being here, I am in a total, was in a totally different mind frame. And I'm never leaving. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like I feel like you're leaving something out, Greg. About my wife could like come down here and dominate like the cooking game, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I don't know what I'll do. I'll just write about football and, and just stay. So you're gonna stay on the docks, leave the kids behind, yeah. leave the wife behind, or bring them here. Like, West compared to well, that it's like him coming here is like an astronaut uh, returning from space. <laughs> like within within thirty minutes of being there, we're just we're garage drinking. It's like the nicest bar I've ever been to, but it's somehow in the garage of the house we're staying at. 
and and just people are, you know, just randomly walking up and and to see Wes like he's like a returning hero. Are they they're kissing the ring for Wesley? What's up? Are they kissing the ring. <laughs> Don't get aggressive with us, I'm Greg. I'm give you to Wes right now. What? I was asking ask hey, a question. Hey. Wes, what's up? <laughs> I was weird. I just asked Greg if uh, the locals are kissing your ring, which is a term to say that they're uh, showing you respect. Okay. But here comes Cisco. What's going on? The thong song guy? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I've been wondering where you Wes, question for you. If I can tear you away from Cisco or uh, whoever it is you're speaking to. Uh, there is a, We have a, a couple photographs have leaked out, and yesterday... Uh, one of Greg kind of nestling a tiny glass of what looked to be Merlot, some sort of red wine. Comically uh, small glass. Right. Has he pivoted off red wine? Was there a second glass of red wine? You remember, Wes, you made a promise to Dan uh, and to myself. Uh, we weren't counting drinks, but there were way more than one red glass, glass of red wine in Greg's hand last night. Very nice. Very impressed with you and Greg. We, we had him going for probably about a good eight hours. That's nice. Did he break yeah. away to to write a roster reset for a few hours or any, at any point, or do maybe Did a phone what? call? Did he do like a roster reset break at any point, or no? He never. I don't think there was any football talk whatsoever. He did call one of the uh, people on the island and though. Wait really? a minute. Why? That feels like a rapport breaker. Well, it, it was a request from Rosie, my uh, my friend Rosie. She requested that Greg say it into the video. And uh, so, he could show, she could show it to this man later. Okay, so but it wasn't. Uh, they didn't have well, a confrontation. And this guy, Jim Glass, is a. Whoa! Know about it. <laughs> Greg's been hitting the Merlot early. I like Greg, it. This is live radio today. This is not <laughs> taped. Just to let you know, there. Um, wow! So it seems like everybody seems to be having a good time. Is the big fish? Has he made the journey upstream uh, to Tybee yet? They hung up on you guys. <laughs> I mean, that's how, so. That's how it goes. What else do we need to know? I hope the big fish. I, I come out. I come away from that phone call highly suspicious of both of them. It almost felt like um, Greg was in danger. I don't know why. I just <laughs> something was was not right at all. That was not Greg. And that's not how you treat friends. We Number one, we try. We calling, don't need to call back right now. No, Maybe we'll try later. We try calling Huckapoos. They pick up the phone and hang up on us. <laughs> uh, and by the way, they spell their name four different ways on the website. Let's get that. Let's get that together. <laughs> and then we call our coworkers, Greg and Wes. And Gre- Greg goes on in a swearing tirade and then shuts down the, the call on us. The line cuts out. I'm sticking with the diehard on a resort island angle here. That there could be some danger. Uh, but I guess we'll find out in a few days if you know if we never see them again. Yeah, that was concerning. I think the listeners would agree. All right, so they're pro- it sounds like they're having a good time or not, but uh, I can't wait till they rejoin us here in Southern California. Um, I guess we should just move on. I what else? How They've given us be? no other choice to get, but to to barrel into the next segment of the show. All right, so uh, as we move on, here we go. Now it's uh, yes, uh, uh, Mark and I grew up on Sports Talk Radio, so I've feel like this, Mark, is a good time for us to connect with our listeners who are so loyal and are obviously, as longtime listeners of the show, um, are smart and have, uh, you know, they, they think about football in a different way than Joe Q Public. Absolutely. A different group and an honor to speak with them. All right. So let's let's get it going. And we will start uh, things out here with uh, Matt. In San Rafael, Matt, are you there? I am here. Welcome to the uh, hey, Matt. ATL Debate Club. 
What's going on, hey Matt? How can I help you? Uh, well, first, I mean, maybe I'll disclose I'm not Matt so much as I am also Greaves or Greeby Time, uh, the guy who spends so oh, much time running the subreddit. Hey, Greaves. That's how we know. What's up, man? We know you. A legend. What's up, buddy? <laughs> A legend in my own mind, but, uh, <laughs> but happy to be here. Um, uh, and I also just wanted to call a shout out in case you guys haven't mentioned it. I just spent about an hour and a half listening to a, uh, the Fantasyland podcast about Chris. Yes, it is just tremendous, and um, was also honored to be a little bit of part of that. And it's just incredible. So everybody should uh, take the time to listen to it. It's long, but very much worth it. That is a great, a great shout out, Greeby. If you go to at Fantasyland Pod, that's the Twitter handle. Um, they really did a great job, and they spoke with all of us at length, and it was all about uh, Wes's uh, really uh, brave and, and ultimately successful battle against the Big C, so kind of a real deep dive into the whole journey that Wes went on that you uh, could check it out. I did find it odd. When I spoke to them, we talked for a good hour, hour and a half. Um, they told me they only needed to talk with Dan for roughly five, ten minutes. <laughs> they had as, as much content as they needed, Greaves. Um, yeah, well, you know, they, they need what they need. So, but yeah, the end of product was pretty great. Yeah, check out the Fantasyland podcast. It's great. Uh, anything else, uh, Matt? Anything football related you want to throw out there? Yeah, um, you know, just a fun question. I thought I would throw to your guys since you um, you guys both root for two uh, franchises that um, are sort of historically down on their luck. And I was thinking about, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm a diehard 49ers fan, so I certainly have had my share of successes. I'm, I'm old enough to remember all the good times. Um, but it's been a little rough of late, uh, and we've had some, some troubling moments with our franchise. And I, I was thinking to myself, what would it take for me to put together a binder of all the reasons I needed to uh, break up with my team? Um, and, of course, I never got there. But you guys have certainly had it a little harsher. Like, is there anything your teams could do that would make you have to write a breakup letter to the Browns and Jets in the way that uh, Westling did for the Bengals? I'll let you start with that, Mark. Uh, I, I feel like at this point, because, number one, not 21 years old at this point, uh, the minute that I put together said binder for whatever reasons that I came up with, it was the minute they would turn fortunes around and become you know, good and get on national television seven times a year. I am too far gone to... Me- when Wesley did that, and it was a calculated move on his part with a lot of thought behind it, he was a much younger guy with a lot of football ahead of him. Like, I am not going to jump ship now. I-, I would have already had five or six binders filled of reasons to do it at this point. Dan. Right. From a personal standpoint, wouldn't you feel like it would be the most Browns thing ever for you to bail and then them win a Super Bowl. It's I listen. I <laughs> three months into becoming a Browns fan, the drive happened. It right. would have been it would have been good to maybe do it then, and I didn't do it. So and uh, Greeby as a uh, somebody that grew up in the New York, New Jersey area, being a Jet fan, it's kind of like the mafia. You're born into it, and there's <laughs> no way out. Uh, the you your time as a Jet fan ends when your time on this earth is up. Uh, so for better or worse, and I say it all the time, like people, oh, you're a Yankee fan? How are you a Yankee fan and a Jets fan? Usually it's Yankees or uh, Jets and Mets. Well, that was right. just the sports gods throwing me a bone. They're like, you're going to eat crap for most of your lifetime with the Jets. We're going to give you the Yankees. Give you the Knicks, too, which is a team I'm very That's no treat. quitting on, by the way. Uh, yeah, there there. there. But uh, they would be my <laughs> binder team. In fact, that's been formulating for a couple of years now. But the Jets, there's no way out, and I'll never leave. And one day, the dream is, like Red Sox fans and Cubs fans and, and Browns fans born after their 1950s heyday, that there will be a release eventually. And that's the hope. 
Greeby. Awesome. Greeby, uh, he runs a subreddit around the NFL. What a job he does. And uh, I owe you a pullover fleece that will be being sent to you soon because that's the least we could do. Greeby does an amazing job on our subreddit. So thanks, buddy. Hey, I appreciate it, guys. Keep up the awesome work. And uh, shout out to Lindsay as well, who does equally great work as well. Yes, so, she does. Thanks. What a class right, act. Matt and San Rafael. All right. That Greeby. got us off to a good start, I thought. All right. Next you never know up. with these callers. This could go any, you know, go north or south. That, that, went, be, well, that went well. Well, it's greedy. That's a home run. I think that, like, I would like one caller to be horrible and we get to, in old, like, Mike and the Mad Dog way, just bury them. Utterly destroy the person. And then just cut them off. At some right. point, we got to just cut someone off. I think even if we get if we get laid into this and someone's even pretty good, we might have to do that just for the experience to check that box. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. Uh, up next... Uh, is, uh, let's see who we got here. Mel from New Rochelle. Mm. Hello, up? hello, hello. <laughs> hey, Mel. What's up, Big buddy? Fan. Big fan. Uh, Thanks. Big fan Thanks, podcast. Been listening to it on my ride home from uh, work every day for the last 15 years. Love you guys. Thank you for having me <laughs> 15 on. 15 years. Okay. How can <laughs> we help you, Mel? Going to make this quick. Uh, I know you both have spread your wings and had a side podcast. Mark, of course, the heat and the light. Love that. Uh, Dan, uh, you do the throwback podcast with your better-looking friend Bob. Big fan of that one. So this guy's I was got wondering if you guys were to have solo podcast where it's just you and a microphone, what would you talk about? I'll hang up now. I'll listen, I'll listen off the air. Thank you, guys. Mel from the New Rochelle. Mark? Wow. Um, I really think the best thing about doing – a, a, a show is it playing off other people. I, I think I would quickly get myself in trouble, um, but I would probably make it about um, probably kind of close to the heat and light context, considering that heat and light does not exist at this point and may right, never return. It's, it's kind of in hiatus at best. It's, I mean, listen, the, the, the medium that we were broadcasting on was a startup that stopped starting up. Yeah. It no longer exists. And Connor lives like 3000 miles away. So a bit of a bit of a problem, <laughs> unlike you and Bob doing it in the garage. So, uh, yeah, I think it would take a heat and light type um, feel to it. But I would stay away from the, the sort of overly pretentious, like nine episode story pod where there's all these annoying people you're interviewing. Like a serial type? Yeah, of, okay. no, not serial was fine. It's just like it, it could quickly become very pretentious. So I think I would probably cancel the show um, after one or two episodes, realizing that it was a, you'd put, you're putting a target on yourself. Uh, yeah, no, I do. Yeah, music pod, throwback pod with uh, my buddy Bob and I do a sports pod. Uh, talking football uh, here. Yeah, it would be fun to do like a show where it was more general sports, maybe a little some pop culture in there and talk movies, music, whatever. That would be cool. But uh, I'm content where I am right now. Bob is I, I, Bob is a good-looking guy. The, Mel from uh, New Rochelle claimed that he's better looking than you. Right. How do you – Does that, is that something that when you wake up, like guys do at 3 in the morning with the thoughts of life right. keeping you up? Will that keep you up? I, that's the first I've ever heard that. Oh, I've known Bob. There's not a lot of backing uh, evidence. I haven't heard like a lot of people coming at me and saying that uh, Bob's better looking. So I'm going to assume this guy is an outlier, and uh, let's move on. Right. Up next – is um, a gentleman by the name of Duncan in Fort Murray, Alberta. Ooh, I like that. Duncan? Hey, Dan. Hey, Duncan. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Hey, buddy. How can we help you? Thank you. Hey, uh, so my question for you guys, I've been listening forever. I don't think I've missed an episode. Maybe I have. Long time, first time, uh, in other words. Ah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my question for you guys, what do you miss most? about the debate club days could be, you know, lifestyle related, could be 
general NFL related, podcast related, whatever, man. Okay, that's a good, good qu- question. Good question. From Fort Murray. Thank you, Duncan. Nick Murray. Uh, all right. I think uh, what I miss most, uh, aside from the loss of innocence that comes with uh, before you get married and have kids and stuff, uh, would be just, uh, I guess, the newness of it. But I don't feel like the show doesn't – I'm still excited doing the show all the time, the one we do now. But when we started, Mark, it was – Really exciting. We owe Damashek a huge debt of gratitude. We always will because he put us on the back of his show uh, just because he's a nice guy and or maybe just had time to fill, maybe one way or the other. But that's how it started. And uh, that excitement of having a microphone in front of your face for the first time. Was- yeah. And like you go and watch like uh, like long running um, sitcoms, not to compare ourselves to Seinfeld. That's a bit audacious. But uh, the, the first episode or two of Seinfeld, when you go back and watch it, is super clunky. And I think we had to work a lot to have the show. There were only eight minutes long, but occasionally it would feel 75 to 80 minutes long because we'd have long gaps where we didn't know who was supposed to talk. I remember being visibly nervous, like driving into work before doing some of those. And then it got better and better as, as, as you went. You just kind of just did them. But I guess um, one high point was when Greg Rosenthal, who was living in New York at the time and our boss, um, you know, at the same time, came to New York or at least told us over the phone. He's like, guys, like if you're going to do something <laughs> like this, if you're going to do a podcast or whatever it is you're calling this thing, how about you do it in a professional manner? And then the conversation ended and I thought, hmm, I don't think our boss likes our show very much. <laughs> Greg Rosenthal, master motivator as the boss. Up next is Chris in New Mexico. Just north of the border, Mark. Newer than old Mexico. Yes. Chris in New Mexico, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up? What you hey, got? It's, uh, this is unreal to be on with you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so listen to a podcast by an author named Malcolm Gladwell. Sure, I and love that show. he did a debate with Adam Grant recently, and Adam Grant had him explain why he always roots for favorites instead of underdogs. And his explanation was that it's the morally right thing to do because the underdog goes in not expecting to win. Uh, the favorite goes in with all of the expectations of both himself and everybody else to win. So the disappointment that the favorite experiences when he loses is way higher than what the underdog experiences. Right. So what do you guys think? Well, may I ask, or do you root for a specific team yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm going to get killed for it. I root for the Patriots. All right. Course. I mean, this feels like it came out, I, you know, does Greg have a gun to your head right now? I don't know, but that's an interesting theory from uh, from that pod. What do you think, Tim? Chris is part of, like, the whatever's going on right now in Tybee. Chris is involved Absolutely. In, in a nefarious way. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting uh, – that so they said the morally superior thing is to root for the favorite because of the letdown is too painful for the favorite. That's right. the gist of it. That's interesting. I don't know. I feel, I feel like rooting for the underdog, you know, speaks to a whole other like host of you know human positive qualities that you want the idea that uh, people can can exceed what you expect from them or expect from themselves. Uh, but then on the flip side. I'm like a huge LeBron James fan. I just was saying I'm a Knicks fan, but and I and I feel this way about other great athletes. Jordan was a similar thing. Um, that true Tiger Woods is another guy that I've always 
rooted for seeing whatever sport they play at the highest level. So I I enjoy rooting for those giants. Like A-Rod was a more complicated guy to root for. But when he was uh, Alex Rodriguez in in baseball, when he was at his height, you were watching somebody that was kind of a master of the craft. Uh, So I kind of like the idea of rooting for favorites, especially individual favorites but from a team standpoint I think from a I think the underdog is more I think fun. it's an interesting theory to say that also that the that the consistent winner it has a lot more pressure packed into their into their weekly you know work especially when you get into the playoffs because of the expectations and the fact that you're assumed to already get to that high standard and I remember even you know covering some Super Bowls where as a human being you're naturally sort of pulling for one of the two teams and when you feel that potentially slipping away it's a way different feeling than watching uh, your crappy football team just get waxed in week five by Cincinnati or something. That said, though, uh, here's where I challenge the theory. Most people, when if you pick up a team as a kid, unless it's you know put on you by family, you pick a team that's a winner. Kids don't naturally at age five or six gravitate towards losers. But if you stick with that team, they're going to go through ups and downs. So let's say if the Patriots suddenly, and they will, become a, col- a disaster at some point in the caller's life, do you suddenly jump ship to the new team of the day or whatever team is good every year because we're claiming that to be higher moral ground? I have a problem Speak with that. Speak to that, Chris. Chris is gone. Okay. Well, uh, thanks for calling in, Chris. I'm wondering how Chris became a Patriots fan in New Mexico. But then again, we met like a seven-foot six Taiwanese man at our last tweet up in Minneapolis that became a huge Patriots fan. So. Yeah, I think like probably if you're a great team for roughly 20 years, you're pulling people in from you know all 50 states. That's not an exaggeration, by the way. He was seven and a half feet tall, the man. A, a delightful gentleman to, and, to speak with as well. And if he's listening right now, it was great to meet you. We love you. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Will in Charlotte up next. Will, you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, Zeuser? Hey, what's up, Will? What's going William. on? William. That's right. Um, just want to say, what's going on, guys? Big fan. I've introduced a lot of people to the podcast. I got That's a good Jeff, job by Joe, you, Will. Tom. That's right. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff uh, Tom, and Joe listening. And of course, apple cider vinegar. That's me, Mark. You're my oh, boy, all right. apple cider vinegar. How you doing? Good to hear from nice. you. You're the so, man. I want to play a game of what's more likely here. Ooh, fun. That's right. So, I mean, do, are we cool with uh, Will, even though he's got the apple cider vinegar angle here? Are we cool with him kind of putting the show in his own direction? Are we are we okay with this? I think it's it's daring. It it shows some it shows some you know real pair of onions. I I think so. I think that we're we are going to go with it. Right, we respect it. Go on. Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate that. So <laughs> it means a lot, I'm sure. The Browns and Bills combine for nine wins or more. They combine. Yep. Okay. Nine or, or more. Mark pays off all his sandwiches. <laughs> well, that's never going to happen. Well, okay, because if you look at the what I actually owe in sandwiches. And earlier in the show, I bemoaned the fact that I'm taking a week-long vacation and literally probably not leaving my house due to lack of funds. The idea that I would buy anything more that at this point than a round of sandwiches is highly improbable. And I think the Browns and Bills could both be essentially the dictionary definition of crappy and each turn out about four and five wins. You know, one does five, one does four, and we're there. So you got to get at least nine. And for the record, I, Mark will never pay off his sandwiches just because we wouldn't make him do that because he's been so poor at the go-get-my-lunch game that if he were to pay off all his sandwich bets, his children would be pulled out of school. You'd move into a, a really run-down apartment complex. Or like a YMCA. <laughs> 
So I don't. We don't want him to do that. But we. What you know what? And it's good, uh, Will, that you brought this up. And since you brought it up, Mark, it would be fair, I think, that it, it, now we're not asking you to totally pay up, but maybe throw us. I like at this point that you life. guys are trying to handle this in such a gentle manner, manner, manner that you're sort of walking on eggshells around the fact that I've done such an awful job of delivering on the sandwiches. It is on me to do it. It will not be happening next week on vacation, but I have so little money right now that I literally don't even have a car, so I need someone to drive me to a sandwich shop to pick that up. So if you can drive me to any sandwich shop that you wish, I will purchase Even sandwiches. if it's a bond me? excluding Bon Mies. <laughs> All right. Will, thank you, buddy. Thank you, Will. Absolutely, guys. All right. We'll take a couple more, and then we got to uh, get going. Let's uh, up next. Uh, oh, I think I know who this is, actually. Up next is Jason in Kingman. Kingman, mm. I believe, is a community in the state of Arizona. That it is. Hey, hey, what's up? What's going on? All right, this is Zumwalt. This is Umwalt. How are you? What's up, Jason. buddy? Welcome uh, to the Around the NFL podcast. <laughs> and uh, if you do go all the way back, uh, Jason, by the way, very talented writer, actor here in Los Angeles, also uh, occasional contributor to the Throwback podcast. And um, once upon a time, in the, during the early days of the ATL Debate Club, uh, did some, did some voice work, which yes, maybe we'll get to it. We'll get to in a, a minute. Uh, Jay, first of all, how are you, bud? I'm good, man. Uh, completely forgot about this call. I was uh, inside <laughs> watching Doctor Strange with my family. And, uh, the family, you, so have, you have a toddler and an infant. To my phone. You, wait, you gather the family around at eleven fifty-six specific time to watch Doctor Strange with with everyone. Every interesting. single day. <laughs> okay, it's an interesting situation. Uh, just a bit. That's a little weird, but it's fine. Jay, weird. Uh, a well, well, well known, at least by uh, me and people in your circle of life, that you're a Cardinals fan. You got any anything on the cards? Yeah, I mean. Number one, I hope Josh Rosen doesn't play this year, but I think we all know he is uh, eventually going to, just because uh, Sam Bradford is made of glass. Um, <laughs> he is. We brought up Bruce Willis earlier. We brought up Bruce Willis earlier because there might be a diehard on a resort island situation going on in Tybee right now. Uh, but you, when you mention Mr. Glass, yeah, that is Sam Bradford's kind of the Samuel L. Jackson without the murderous uh, rage within. Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends on how you know. You know, people think he treated Carson Wentz. There, there seemed to be some murderous rage there. He seems to have changed his tune with Josh Rosen. But yeah. yeah, he didn't seem to be too hot on uh, being replaced by with Wentz. So you want? But, um, yeah, go ahead. But yeah, I, I, I think uh, this is one thing because a lot of people are talking about our offensive weapons and how, you know, John Brown is gone, Jerron Brown is gone. We, of course, have Larry Fitzgerald and we have uh, David Johnson, which is, you know, can't really beat those two. But I, I think that people should not sleep on Chad Williams. He's the, uh, I think he's the second round pick uh, from last year. And this is something that Darren Urban, who's the, uh, the beat writer for the Cardinals, uh, he said recently on a podcast, so I'm just totally ripping him off. Sure. But um, last year, he was not really expected to play much. Uh, he was, you know, like sixth in line in a stacked roster. But this year, there are expectations on this kid, and he's got a lot of natural talent. So I think that's a name we so should So you all feel good because I'm paying attention to. We, uh, yeah, so keep an eye out. Uh, Aaron Williams, you said. Um, 
so Chad. Jay, Chad Williams, sorry. Um, Thank you, Jason, for bringing literally the only football analysis to this entire episode, by the way. Nice, nicely done, Jay. But um, yeah, I love it. Right before the draft, and Mark, you and I were at the Combine, and uh, I remember seeing Steve Wilkes, and, and he was facing the media and didn't have a lot of positive news or a lot of optimism around this team that he had inherited from Bruce Arians. And I remember thinking, oh, what a bad spot for a a new head coach without a quarterback, replacing a guy that's a very well-liked, popular figure uh, in the organization and in the league. And I thought the Josh Rosen, I think that really changed things for the Cardinals. And what Jay's saying is give him a year on the bench. I don't think they'll even have the opportunity. Well, I know they have Mike Lennon on the roster still, but uh, Sam Bradford's going to get hurt. So it's just a matter of when uh, the opportunity is going to come to replace the injured guy. And you're, it's going to be hard to not put the rookie in. I think you're going to see like at least eight games, whether you want them or not. I think a couple of these rookies will be anointed by the end of August. And you just – because Sam Bradford, whether or not he gets hurt, just also feels like the guy that – depending on how it goes, could just get benched at some point, too. I like Bradford, but it's just that that's sort of what's happened to him over and over. Yeah, he- I'm giving Bradford six games this year. Um, I think Josh Rosen is going to start 10. Um, hmm. My biggest fear, especially as an Arizona Cardinals fan, is just that offensive line. Um, I don't care. It just seems no matter what we try to do with it, um, it just gets decimated. Um, I love Justin Pugh. I think he's a, a great addition. Uh, I actually really love, I think it's our third or fourth round pick this year. Uh, he seems to be like a real solid guard. Um, but it's tough. Um, it's hard to build a line. Like James people, Taylor coming from the Browns. I mean, the offensive lines in general, like you hear fans or, or people in the football cognoscenti, You there? Uh, get get <laughs> mad at teams and, and say things like, oh, why didn't they do anything to build the line? Well, there's very few guys on the free agent pile that are worth a damn, and it's a bad draft class, just like it was a bad – it's hard to get – we have a dearth oh. of offensive linemen. So I like that Jason also just, by the way, dropped news of a Browns-Cardinals trade that sent cornerback Jamar Taylor to – it's literally as if Can we, we – please not break down it's, that it's trade? It's as if we are two just guys talking on the phone who actually <laughs> dialed out to someone who's paying attention to the NFL. That's what this call is represented. Jay, before we let you go, uh, from the ATL Debate Club, we had a um, a very short-lived uh, bit called, um, you know, well-known character actor, famous Hollywood legend, Christopher Walken. Uh, what if Christopher Walken was... Um, what was it? An he was analyst? Like a, he was a diehard Giants fan, and he had a Died segment called Walking with Giants. Yeah, so before we let you go, Jay, how about a man of a million voices, Jay Zumwalt, uh, the latest edition and perhaps the final edition of Walking with Giants. Take it away, Christopher. Pow. It's me, Chris Walking, and I'm walking with two heroes, not just Giants. I'm walking with Dan Hansen. And my Sackler. I mean, we're here to talk about that new hot shot that's landed right there. Draft pick. Everyone wants to know how's he going to do this year. Of course, we're talking about quarterback, more like David. 
<laughs> Wait a second, Chris. Chris, we all thought you were going down the road of Saquon Barkley, the uh, star running back that is expected no, to I'm transform. About the quarterback, Tim Luwalele. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Gonna replace Manning. It's gonna happen. It. I mean, it's there. That people say they feel like they found a guy that that could be an heir apparent in that in that quarterback draft pick. A lot of people. Are, he may be right. A lot of people would be surprised that Christopher Walken had a deep knowledge of the depth chart in the Meadowlands, but uh, that's just your thing. You've always been a huge Giants fan, Chris. Jimbo Lulalo is gonna nail it. <laughs> I actually don't even know the guy's real name. <laughs> uh, well, that was very nice. That was good. To, good yeah, to talk to walking. Uh, nice work, Jay. Ridiculous. Jay, uh, get back to scarring your children with with uh, programming that they're probably not ready for. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure that my my uh, children never sleep. That's basically <laughs> what I'm doing. Uh, Jason Zumwalt. Wow. Follow him on Twitter at Jason Zumwalt. Bye, buddy. Bye. See you guys. See you. All right, we got time for. Uh, what did we got time for? I think we only got time for one more. Maybe we should go to the newsroom um, and um, reach out to a gentleman uh, that fans of the podcast know well. Uh, he's a guy that uh, he has his own rooting interest in the um, Carolina Panthers. Um, and he also is a guy that's looking for love. News desk. Uh, can I speak to David Ely, please? Yeah. Thank you. Soda, here we go on a line drive kick. <laughs> NFL, David. Dave. What's up? How's it going? Hey, well, Ely. Welcome back to the Round the NFL podcast. How are you guys today? Doing all right. So um, we're up against it. We got the 2020 flash coming up in a second. But I wanted to touch base with you. Uh, you are more than anyone else I know. Uh, you know, a man over 30, uh, being super plugged into the uh, ABC program, The Bachelorette. And uh, I, you had some hot takes uh, bubbling up yesterday. And I said, well, we're going to be doing a call-in show. So do you want to get some hot takes out there, some questions, whatever, about The Bachelorette? Oh, obviously. I actually wrote some notes down in preparation for this. All right. Let's calm down a little bit. But, yeah, what, what do you got? <laughs> All right. So there's there's a lot of football crossover for this season of the Bachelorette. You've got two former players and then a football analyst. Uh, pro football focus is Mike. I don't know his last name, but just we're calling PFF Mike for this. Right. So first, all right, Colton Underwood. My question is, is he there for the right reasons? <laughs> he, he, he's, he's been out late for a few years, but he gained notoriety when he sent Ali Reisman, the uh, Olympian from the gymnastics team from 2016, a video asking her out. He's that, to me, that screams attention seeker. So you Watch don't think for, he's there for the right reasons? I do not think he's there for the right reasons. I think he wants the fame, the notoriety. Wait, wait so before. unlike other people on The Bachelorette, he's, he's seeking attention. Yes. Okay. He is not there for Becca. He is there to be on television. Ah, she's not his focus. I Who see. is this gentleman again? Colton Underwood. Um, oh, right. He is a practice squad player. He bounced around a little bit. He never appeared in a game. Unlike my guy, Clay Harbor. <laughs> So he's um, a, he's a former football player, played tight end for about seven or eight seasons, I think. 114 career catches, eight touchdowns. Hey, that's a real career. Hey, we've written posts about Clay Harbor before. I know he's been in some trans- transactions. He, he's he's probably I bet you've written a story about him. But yeah, so he's a real player. I think that definitely means that he's going to get a he'll win an elimination at one point. He'll get a rose. But my big red flag for him, he <laughs> yeah. has an 0-2 career record in the playoffs. Interesting. So you think when it when the leaves turn color, when the relationship starts to hit to the to the next level, when you really got to seal the deal, you you worry that he won't be able to do it. 
Yeah, I feel like the pressure of a two-on-one date would kind of get to him. So Dave, I wouldn't necessarily think that he could come through in the clutch on there. Dave, i got to be honest. Uh, when you describe the show in such an intense way, you sound dreadfully lonely. <laughs> what else? you have any other anybody else? Know, the show comes on Monday night. What, I mean, like what? Like Monday night's not like a hot date night or anything like that. I can be at home by myself with a dog and enjoy the show. It's no big deal. Okay, no, I wasn't hating. I was just saying it, just, there's an intensity the way you're talking about other people's fake love <laughs> lives that, that makes have, leaves me with some questions. But anybody else uh, that you're scouting for the new season of The Bachelorette? Well, I guess we, we should, we should uh, talk about um, football Twitter's favorite guy, PFF Mike, right now. Um, I, yes. I just saw everything I saw on, on my account yesterday was just people rooting for Mike, talking about Mike. It's like the whole industry wants him to do well on the show. And, yeah, I think, like, he does seem pretty normal. And, I mean, shoot your shot. I don't know how long he's going to last on there. I mean, I'm rooting for him. Uh, he has really long hair, from what I could tell from his profile. Uh, I give up over under five hair references for him when he's on the show. <laughs> I can't. Um, I'm trying to figure out, and it's Mike Renner, uh, at PFF underscore Mike. He's, he, I think he's a listener of our show. Uh, I think he follows us all on Twitter. And I, Mike, I had never seen him before. And then I see this Bachelorette stuff. Tremendously good-looking man. And... Uh, just the whole PFF vibe, Mark, is a little strange. You have this, like, super hot dude. You got people in Ireland. You got people in England. You got Chris Collinsworth lording over everything. There's a lot going Offices on. Offices are in Cincinnati of all – I mean – uh, I, I look at I'm seeing by the way he he follows us on Twitter and we follow him so it's like we're we are you know in, in many senses he's my front runner I'd be rooting for him oh, yeah does PFF lose him as a a contributor if he wins this uh, love contest you're saying if he if he wins the rose I mean t- typically if you win this thing you vanish into reality television realms and you're kind of you're you know hot property for two or three years or maybe fourteen Weeks. months or so Weeks, well months. here's my question I mean because when was the show taped so was, did Mike did Mike have to miss out on free agency for this? Did he miss out on the playoffs? Super Bowl? I mean, right. what's your priority, Mike? Your job or love? Okay. Well, we know, Dave, where you put your priorities uh, on, uh, between those two, according to the I, stories that are out there. And I, <laughs> well, well, I don't know where you're getting with that. I mean, Dave, I, mean, you I can't can draw your own conclusions as you want to. And I can't help, Dave, but um, notice I've been checking your Instagram, and I'm not seeing anything <laughs> new with you. And and we're talking about the Bachelorette. Possibly, do we need to do something with our own audience? We have a lot of female listeners. Uh, set something up to help you out in this in this uh, game of love. Uh, for all the female listeners out in the LA area, my Instagram handle is at David Ely. Oh. That's D A V I D E L Y. If you want to scout or anything, I have a nice dog. Oh. I like to think I have a fun life. That could be your life too. <laughs> I mean, all right. Just the intensity in his voice. It's very intense. You gotta, you gotta tone it down, Dave. You know, no, you gotta, you gotta emphasize for the show. I mean, like this is a, this is a Shoot audio shot. medium. This is yeah. a visual platform. Uh, Dave's a good-looking guy. He's got a he is. solid bod, and he's got nice. He's got a symmetrical face. You could go a lot worse than Dave Ely. Back in the day, Ely, there were times when you would allow me. I don't, I don't know what the service was. It wasn't Tinder. It was something where you allowed me to at you know at an establishment take you in a conversation right to the brink with like a local uh, female. And then I would hand over the account and then I'd ask what happened? How did the date go? The date didn't happen or it didn't. Uh, what, yeah. it, what exactly are, is your strategy, Dave, to, to kind of close the deal and get on a date with any of these women? I mean, now it's going to be start selling the fact that I have a nice spot and a symmetrical face, I guess. <laughs> There's got to be. All right. You deserve it, Dave. Okay. We'll, we'll find you somebody. Yeah. If you want help, just let us know. 
Um, Danny, you gonna be watching this season? I think I might plug in. Yeah, because plug in. What about you, Mark? You gonna watch? Clay Harbor. Listen, I mean, I've written posts about Clay Harbor. How do I not track this part of his life? I must. And I mean, I, Mark, what do you think about the Tuesday recap about the NFL ties to the Bachelorette this season? I could make that. Happen. All right, let's cut him off. That power. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's in, that's not going to be happening at all. <laughs> all right, Dave. Thank you. We'll see you in a little bit. All right, talk to you guys later. All right. Um, we could try to call Tybee back, but I just feel like, I don't know, what else need, needs to be said? I mean, I feel like they kind of stated their intentions with two extremely rude phone calls. <laughs> One that didn't even start because the bar doesn't decide to take our call. Uh, all right. So uh, I hope everything's well in Tybee and everybody gets back safe and sound and Wes fulfills his promise to get Greg into some trouble. Um, thank you to everyone for listening. And uh, Lindsay still has not come back with any more sources about her claims that Berea is curse-free, but... You know, you know, I'm going there this week, right. and um, I might just do that whole 2 a.m. ghost walk <laughs> just to show you guys. The burden of proof is on on you at this point, yeah. so that would be that would be good. Okay. Good we'll work see. on the phones, by the way. Well, Please. you can see Lindsay why she's did a radio veteran. Years in Cleveland as a radio vet, and uh, look at you, just a shooting star. Not easy to do here with our top of the line setup, but <laughs> we made it fired. through. We made yes, it through. Shadow League figures, <laughs> and I like but that the too. Best. Um, all right, we'll be back on Monday. I think next week actually is our last week of uh, three-a-week shows before we go two-a-week uh, leading toward training camp. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back on Monday, hopefully with everybody in tow. Until then, uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for The Quiet Storm. And, yes, Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Not the mink man. Lindsay <laughs> Fulton behind the glass. Uh, until Monday. See ya. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.